Hello and welcome to Sound DeFi. I'm your host, Chris Berg. Excited for today's conversation. We're joined by the CEO and co-founder of Rialto Markets, Sherry Noonan. Sherry, it's great to have you with us. Um, thank you for what you're doing in this new and exciting space. I guess let's just start there. What is Rialto Markets? And I think maybe even more importantly, what are the problem or problems that you're solving for your customers? Great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So Rialto Markets, we are a FINRA member broker dealer. We also operate an alternative trading system across all private markets. And specifically, I know private markets is a pretty big uh, space. So specifically, the market that we're in today is um, we work with issuers in a um, in a space that we we found pretty early on, probably about two or three years ago, uh, that is retail facing. So it's really quite exciting. Myself and the rest of my team, we came from traditional capital markets. So this was a pretty new and exciting space for us. But um, with the Jobs Act, the Jobs Act allowed private companies to raise up to five and $75 million from the public every 12 months. And so we work with those issuers to help them raise those funds providing the infrastructure, not necessarily the distribution, um, but that that actual infrastructure for them. And we've we've been doing that for a few years now. We have about uh, one $1.2 billion in, in raises that we're facilitating right now. So so that's what we do now. We have a, an ATS as well. And um, we do it both in traditional as well as digital, meaning blockchain-based um, form, which is uh, you know how we intersect with a lot of the blockchain community. Maybe that describe the actual company if you want, that would be great. But just give us some examples of how you're working with these issuers and what you're doing to provide the yeah. digitization, the liquidity. Absolutely. So we have three different types of businesses. The first business is the the most active, and that's our primary business. And so what we do is, if you think about, and this is a, a really new and exciting part of, of the capital markets ecosystem, if you think about crowdfunding raises, which have changed quite a bit. So, you know, going back, call it five years, you would think Kickstarter, right? You would think, you know, raising $40,000, $100,000. The world is changed a lot since then so thinking back to a kickstarter you would you would immediately people think okay i'm going on a portal i'm going on a portal where there's a lot of other companies what we do is slightly different or actually quite different we provide for a company to have a completely standalone web page whether it's a reg cf which is reg crowdfunding or reg a now, behind the scenes, it's it's slightly different. It doesn't really matter for your purposes, but it looks like the company's webpage. It's, it's white-labeled, self-hosted um, webpage so that when the company is marketing, there's a couple of advantages to this. When the company is marketing, usually these, these campaigns, companies are marketing to their communities. They're, they're doing a lot of digital marketing. That digital marketing, they can really do quite precisely because they understand what campaigns are resonating, what campaigns aren't resonating, and they retain all of the data from those campaigns as the information comes back to that web page. With a portal, you lose a lot of that information. For small campaigns, it doesn't really matter, right, when you're on a portal, but as your campaigns get to be larger as you're raising, you know, five, 10, 20, $50 million, 
it becomes important to retain all of that information as well as information around people who are warm, right? People who've come, they've started to invest and they've left. You clearly want to contact those people and, and ask them to, to come back and invest. So, you know, that's, you know, as the raises get larger, companies want to have this sort of branded standalone page so that they can one, own their own data and retain their own data, but two, control the experience more for their for their client bases. So we provide that for issuers. And then on the back end, basically we're receiving all of the information from the questionnaire that's filled out and we're performing all of the AML KYC so that you know it's a securities offering. These are these are U.S. securities offerings. We're performing all of the AML KYC, and then we're doing all of the reconciliation for the payment rails. So for many of these offerings, investors are paying by credit card. They're paying by ACH. They're paying by crypto. They're paying by you know they could be paying by wire. God forbid they're paying by check. But you know the various payment rails that exist out there, they're paying. We're taking all of that information. We're working with the escrow account, reconciling all of that. Once that's reconciled and the investors through both stage gates, we're really then saying, okay, this investor, the money's in the escrow account. Yes, the issuer can have the money. The investor's on the cap table. Now an official investor in this company. Here's your welcome email. Welcome to this company. And, you know, issuer, here's your money. We're good to go. And that's really our role in the process. And the thing, if you don't mind diving into what I got really excited about when I was studying Relto markets is the standpoint that, especially when you look at the markets today, um, you know, is the access to liquidity much sooner than normal, right? If I put the money in as a VC or there's so much growth in private markets, typically it's locked up, you know, for a seven year term or so. And now with Rialto, my understanding is that you've got liquidity a lot sooner. Is that a fair assessment? Well, and if so, how? Absolutely. That's our second product. That's the alternative trading system. So a lot of these companies with Regulation A and Regulation CF, Regulation A, it's freely tradable. So, you know, a lot of these issuers are coming onto our ATS and many of these companies, the investors have been on the cap table for seven years, right? And they've got braces to buy, they've got cars to buy, kids to send to college. <laughs> they've got lots of, they're a very different one, they're a very different investor, you know, profile than a VC, than a, than a private equity firm. And um, and it's just a very long time to lock your money up. And so the, the alternative trading system, what it really does is it bifurcates the um, exit strategy of the investor from the company so that, you know, the company can really plan a strategic exit path and, and not be concerned about, oh, my gosh, I've got, you know, these 20,000 investors in my company and, you know, I'm trying to manage all of these different investors or, you know, I, I have a VC and, and, you know, I'm worried about that. So we work with many different issuers and have them on our alternative trading system. And that provides a path to liquidity or a path and exit strategy for the issuers and for the investors. I saw a recent quote from you, you talked about, you know, right now the private market assets is around 7 trillion projected to be 30 trillion by 2030. I mean, the number is just staggering. So I guess the question for you is, uh, talk to us about a little bit the competition landscape and then why Rialto? Why would I choose Rialto over somebody else? Yeah, well, you know, 30 trillion, that's a lot of... <laughs> It's a lot of money. Um, yeah. the, the landscape's quite large, and you know there's a lot of room for everyone. <laughs> 
But, you know, what I'll say is the market's becoming quite quite large. And I think companies are staying private a lot longer than they had in the past. There was there was a great visual, but I think we're going to be launching soon. But it, it really showed, you know, if you look at Microsoft or, or Amazon or um, some of the companies pre-2000 and when they went public and, and sort of what they look like um, versus the, the companies, you know, Uber, Airbnb, and, and then them going public and sort of how much money they raised and, and what those valuations look like. Very different companies, very different in, in terms of where they were in their growth stage. And so companies just in general are going public much, much later. And, and you know, this is kind of known. This is a, this is a known thing. And so what we're offering is we're offering investors the ability to, to enter this market, you know, when companies are still early in their growth stage. So that's really the, the segment of the market that we're in. You've still got, you know, later stage private and, and private equity. And, and we're, we are working um, with some of those companies more on the institutional end of things. But where we really sit in terms of the, the competitive landscape is we really sit at looking at where things can be digitized, where things can be fractionalized to increase the breadth of investors that can invest in those things, right? Um, we really want to increase the access down to the, the retail investor to, to the point that it is an appropriate investment. Um, we're never going to be an, an RIA. We're, we're simply going to be a platform <laughs> that provides the access to those things. But but when when it's when it's available and then the, the depth of the investments available. So, for example, being able to securitize real assets um, through the, the digitization process. Um, and that's really where I think the market, when you talk about the, the 30 trillion, that's where really the market's going to explode because you're going to be able to take a lot of real assets and securitize them and, and open up the monetization of those assets in ways that had previously been unavailable. If you don't mind, talk a little bit about, because um, obviously if I'm going to be doing the liquidity aspect of this, I need to have good data. And so if you would speak a little bit about to the Invenium partnership and what does that mean, obviously for Rialto, but more importantly, maybe what does it mean for your customer? Absolutely. So our team has built and operated about nine ATSs. So we were pretty um, familiar with, with building and operating alternative trading systems and, and key to an exchange, a, a, any type of platform like this is the, the information that's available. The, the price discovery, the, the information around the security that is available. You, you sort of just can't put a, a widget <laughs> up on there and, and expect that to be, you know, something that that sort of transacts actively. So we, from the beginning, we've really known that one of the issues with private markets is the is the data layer, which is why we engaged in this partnership with Invenium, and we're really excited to continue to to work with them. Um, what Invenium does is really allows for at the at the data um, layer the ability to bring and and have continuous data elements, you know, associated with these securities. And that does a number of things. I mean, one from, you know, an accounting classification, really changing, you know, balance sheet optimization and allowing for a balance sheet optimization. So sort of that's, there's that stripe. Um, Two, you know, by taking so many different data elements that previously had been either unavailable to to track continuously or just too um, cumbersome 
to track continuously. By having those all tracked continuously, you really open up uh, an entire new line of um, capabilities around observability of an asset, right? And so that's another kind of stripe, uh, which is really, really interesting for us. And so all of these different things bring value to the platform, specifically to, to the Rialto platform, because we can offer the subscribers on the platform much uh, richer information and much richer analysis around either what they're holding, what they might consider um, purchasing, or what they might consider liquidating. Or if they're holding a portfolio, you know, I mean, if you think about bond portfolio holders or really any portfolio holder, you know, in general, you'll you'll have a portfolio, you might have an opening in your portfolio um, and be looking for a certain shape of something. By having such detailed information on assets, um, you can, in a much more closely defined way, identify a, a similar asset to replace something that's in your existing portfolio um, should you need to transfer that out. So in all of those ways, that detailed information is just absolutely crucial to exploding these private markets in, in both the primary and the, and the secondary sense. What are you hearing from the GPs and LPs about that? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think <laughs> it's it's interesting because my my career started with I was involved in electronic trading from the beginning in the 90s. And, you know, at the beginning, it, it was a lot of people that were incumbents didn't want it. Right. They said, what are you talking about? The spreads are going to compress. It's going to be awful. It's going to be the worst thing for the industry. Right. And then it was inevitable. It wasn't it actually wasn't inevitable, but it happened. And um, yes, spreads compressed because things were more efficient. But the market exploded and product development exploded. And today, you know, there's so it's so much more efficient and there's so much more trading that's done. Now, I will not get into the market microstructure debates that are being held right now um, around high frequency trading and everything else. But in general, I think everyone would agree that that moving from from voice to electronic was a, a positive thing for both the individual investor as well as the market in general. In, in much the same way, private markets, I don't think anyone would disagree. It, it, it's a positive net net individuals might say, yes, I, 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 I want to retain that opaqueness. Yes, it's, it's beneficial to me. Um, I, I understand that. But at the end of the day, the sooner everyone understands and embraces the, the fact that, you know, that the industry overall is going to expand and that, you know, how you can benefit by adopting this because it, it's, it's going to happen. Can you share with us a success story? Like, let's say I'm, I've got a company or, or maybe just tell us a success story, but I come to you, what's my problem? And then how are you going to sort of walk me through your onboarding process and help solve that? What are some things that you've done that you say, hey, Chris, we've, we've had a, this great success story for this company or this person? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can, um, the, the one that immediately comes to mind, we, we work with a company called Atlas Motor Vehicles, which is a, an electric truck manufacturer. They also manufacture chassis where, that you can build an electric 
car, some sort of electric vehicle on top of, and wow. they also manufacture batteries. And uh, they are they have crowdfunded uh, thirty million dollars. We have been working with them for some time now, and they have an amazing community behind them. Really, really amazing. Um, I love the company. I think uh, they're they really have have done a great job of building and, and cultivating this community. And it's it, it's fascinating to sort of watch it from the, the standpoint of, you know, where we are kind of behind the scenes in, in terms of the, the raise, but also to sort of see how they build and cultivate that community, because I do think it's a new way of companies engaging with, with communities going forward, right? There, there's sort of this new community engagement from the beginning of, of a company's life cycle. So I would say Atlas, uh, you know, when when they they came to us, you know, there there is an onboarding process. We need to take them through AMLKYC. That that doesn't take very long. We work with them on the website and the content, and our compliance obviously goes through it. There's some regulatory filings. They have their own legal counsel. There's Yes, so there's regulatory filings and then uh, the launch and uh, we, we speak to them probably every day. Um, depending on how active the campaign is, uh, we will be engaging our operations staff, will be engaging with the issuers, uh, you know, on, on a, depending on how, how active and how many investors are going through the campaign. That, that'll really determine how, how often we'll be engaging with the issuers. So you're helping with the vetting and the administration piece. Are you, are you doing any part of the marketing with them to help them find other investors or? No, we do offer supplemental investor outreach, but that's through partnerships. So we work with investment banks, we work with family office networks, other groups that can assist with that, but we are not an investment bank, so. It sounds like an amazing company. So I'm curious, like you said from a retail perspective, I mean, can people invest in it right now? And if so, how? Actually, for a for a few days, yes. Um, so we do have a crowdfund that's out there. As a, we cannot launch our own crowdfund, so we have it on a, a another platform. But we do have our own crowdfund going because we thought, why not? Let's let's start our own community. It's on Net Capital, and it's only going till June thirtieth. Um, do you have so, a website by chance that we can pull up here and show our audience? We don't have a website. It's on a portal because there's not many people that do self-hosted uh, crowdfunding raises. Yeah. <laughs> one of the few. So uh, if I so go to Net Capital, am I able to sort of find out more about? You can. If you go to Net Capital, you will find the Rialto markets. Okay, so I'm going to bring this up. And if you want to just share with us uh, what we're looking cool. at, that would be. So here, is this the correct website? So scroll down. Okay, give me one second. And then I look through these companies here. Right. So just scroll over. There it is. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. This is great. Next time we'll do like a demo. Next time we'll have you on, we'll do a demo. And so $109 is the minimum investment? That's it. Oh my gosh. This is fantastic. And this is for the company that you just said does the electric uh, trucks and they're doing the battery manufacturing. Yeah. And wow. All right. Thank you very much. I think I need to go pull out my. Uh... So, how do I invest? I can use uh, wire transfer or. Yeah, I, I I believe you can use a credit card on there as well. I don't. I honestly. Yep. Yeah. 
Do you mind if we if we take a look? I guess I need to log in, but we'll see what. Yeah, so I've got to log in. Logging, you have to create it. I'm. See, this is the difference between a self-hosted portal and um, a self-hosted and a portal. But yes. But what a great! Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, I know you are, are extremely busy. So last question for you. Um, you've been in this industry now for quite some time. You've got an incredible background. Uh, take us out. 36 months. Where are we 36 months from now in this industry? I am so excited for the future of this industry because I think, you know, where we are right now is it's just starting to shift, right? It's just starting to shift. I would say, you know, we started in the the, the crowdfunding and, and helping issuers raise money from, from the public in 2019. And it was really last fall that we saw a hockey stick um, shift in terms of companies um, really adopting this. And now with the economy kind of doing what the economy's doing and funding in one sector really contracting, um, we're seeing more interest in, in companies looking for other ways to raise capital. So it's it's been quite an interesting journey so far, and I think it's going to accelerate. I also think that this provides for a lot of optionality for companies that have been private for quite some time to open up their their cap table, right? And, and to, to provide monetization opportunities over the coming periods, which, you know, if you think about it, an industry can only grow so much if they've got that bottleneck uh, sitting there. So as the secondary market really takes off, you're going to see sort of this opening up and that's going to provide the the, the flywheel that, that's really going to open up and, and explode. And then you'll see some institutional adoption. We're working on a few institutional use cases right now, and we're seeing more interest from the institutional space. So it's kind of all gelling together at the same time. Very exciting. And when, as I mentioned earlier, when Forbes says you're going to go from seven to 30 trillion, that's with a T, 30 trillion, just sort of like jump on the wave and, and ride it, right? So uh, thank you Amazing. so much. Uh, would love to have you back in the future and just keep up the great work. We appreciate the insight. Anything else you want to add or share with a final word? No, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Great to have you and uh, best of luck and keep up the great work. Uh, that's Sound DeFi Podcast. Sherry Noonan, the CEO and co-founder of Rialto Markets. A lot of exciting stuff happening. Again, I want to continue to say $30 trillion in this market, according to Forbes. So that's very, very exciting stuff.